Welcome to the Geek Sweat Podcast. We, we watch, watch films, films to save you hassle. It's another podcast with a filmmaking twist just for you. I am TJ and we will be bringing you hot topics in the film industry, inspiration interviews with IMDb listed filmmakers, review sweat on online series as a string, trailer talk on upcoming feature films and cult TV perspectives on classic shows worth revisiting. Between your ears and our voices, we take this opportunity to make the most of our podcast technology from CastBox, a new app that's available via Android for your podcast and entertainment needs. It's the one-stop shop for taking your podcast on the go. We are now starting our next episode of Geek Sweat, which is Review Sweat. And today we're going to be talking about Fleabag, the TV series on BBC. We are comparably recorded today by our sound engineer, Giovanni Bastianello. Hello. And we are co-hosted by Dominic Stinton. Hello. Malachi Howe. Hello. And Stephen Code. Hi. And my name is Trevor Jones. We are the Geek Sweat team and we are now introducing you to a brand new presenter, Babette Phillips. Hello. Welcome to the show, Babette. <laughs> Thanks for having me. We are breaking new ground here because this is our first ever presenter with pink hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also our first ever presenter with fashion sense and, really? and an orange Ouch. she's wearing an orange adidas adidas jacket <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay I'm Look looking at, at you, you know your what do you want to say no, come on man that's a bold claim like, I, I've been trying to dazzle you with my fashion sense since the beginning and you've just thrown something out there like that okay I, I think Babette wins the, uh, the fashion stakes for today sorry no, that's oh, fine, sure. but yeah. come on, man. That's first put. Oh, all right, yeah. moving on. I'll lend you a T-shirt. <laughs> so um, Babette is also our first female presenter, and thank you for coming on board and no sailing us through this Me Too reservoir that we was going <laughs> to land in if we didn't uh, change up our routine. Um, but we are here to talk about Fleabag. Um, which one of us here has seen the series? Yeah, yeah. I have. Yep. Both series. Both series. Yeah. Two seasons. Cool. And how about yourself, Malika? Yeah, yeah. I, I, okay. But yeah, no, once we get into it, I'll be able to reveal. <laughs> I'll admit, I feel like I'm the last one, last one standing here. I've watched like two or three episodes, but I'm a really big fan of, of Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I've watched two or three episodes of Fleabag. Of, of season one? Season one. Yeah. What are you doing here then? <laughs> I'm, I'm here to play the lay, lay person because I need you guys to educate me on why it's such a good series. So um, where do we start? What should we talk about? The writing, the actors, how she came to develop the story? Well, it's from what I, I understand, it is adapted from a 2013 Edinburgh Fringe Festival one woman play of the same name. Um, and I didn't realise that, what was it Phoebe? Is it? Yeah. yeah Phoebe um, was the same writer on Fleabag as on Killing Eve until I actually saw it in in print because the writing styles are completely different. Because yeah. um, it's comedy and thriller, isn't it? That's the difference. Oh, with, with, with Killing Eve. Whereas yeah. this is more comedy drama, isn't it? Yeah. I would say. Um, it's a dark comedy drama though, isn't it? <laughs> is it? What, I, Killing Eve? Um, no, um, no Fleabag. 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 Fleabag, yeah. What I, do you think about I'd it? I'd say it's dark. But like, uh, yeah, it's kind of 
Light-hearted. Yeah, that's what dark. I'm saying. I would say, yeah, more Killing Eve is dark comedy. Yeah. Because we're talking about assassins here. Killing Eve is a comedy as well. Yeah, it's yeah. dark comedy. Oh, wow. Did you not find it funny? Yeah. I've not seen Killing Eve at all. I've been, and I've been waiting. <laughs> Jesus. I've been waiting. <laughs> what is he doing? No, because yeah. I tried to watch. Hang on, but you said you're a fan of Phoebe Waller-Bridge. So what have you actually seen? <laughs> he does he does jump into the bandwagon. She was in... Um, like Solo. the voice in Star Wars? Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> and she was also... I've seen a couple of episodes of... Um, Crashing? Okay. Yeah, there you go. And I've seen a couple of episodes of. Uh, I've got a bad memory. You're not doing yourself justice here. A couple of episodes here. of uh, Fleabag, but because the episode, that I, <laughs> and that's enough. Yeah. No, that's when what I, you need. When I saw it, I saw her doing her piece to camera and picking up guys on a bus. I think it was, and yep. that ended up being like a kind of serial relationship. But the guy with the teeth. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, going back to. <laughs> Did anyone okay? Did anyone actually ever see her perform this on stage no. in Edinburgh? No. Nope. Okay. Did anyone know before they saw Fleabag that this was a stand-up comedy character? Well, yes. I, right. I did not. I did not. Cool. No. No. So how did you know that, Babette? So I was part of the the pilot for the pilot, the pre-pilot of Crashing. So it was kind of made to try and sell Crashing to like execs and the studios and whatnot what role did you have in the pre-pilot we were partying in the background in the hospital just oh, drinking wow. and having a well of a time cool. just quite difficult when there's no music and you actually can't talk because obviously yeah. you can't actually you've got to pretend talking but with no sound but yeah it was really good fun and um she obviously acted in the middle of it all yeah so i was sort of in awe of her on that day because she was just brilliant. Hold on. Because at that time, she sorry to cut you, Monica, but she would have been like writer, director and actor. Yeah, so that was like her first like thing that was, well, from what I understood was her first big thing to be out and about or at least try and sell an idea to try and be made. Yeah, Yeah. which it was made anyways for Channel 4 in the end. Wow. Oh, Monica, what was you going to say? I was going to say like, this was the Property Guardian show on Channel 4. Yeah. In the hotel. I actually really loved that show. What was she? Was she the star of it? Yeah. Oh, I'm pretty sure she wrote it. She wrote it. I did not realize that. That's what I was saying. Like Phoebe Bridges, Phoebe Waller Bridge has been about and around. She's very versatile. Mm. I I I really like the French girl in it. Yeah, that's why I remember it. She's good. Yeah. With that being said, going to so the timeline is that crashing was first. I mean, she probably did loads of things before, but for me, yeah, crashing she's, was she's, first. She's yeah. done quite a bit of stage work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the stage work was first, and then she got crashing, and then we got Fleabag, and then um, Killing Eve. Um, I'm going to say something a bit controversial, controversial about Killing Eve. Um, okay. Giovanni, close your ears. He's <laughs> <laughs> not for sensitive minds. Um, I, I was going to say that the only. This, this is from me, like, this is from my personal point of view. I think the writing was great, but I don't feel the, the female characters that were alive and were on screen were, were likeable for me. Alive oh, okay. and on screen? So, like, the mother... Is this in Fleabag? Yeah, yeah, in Fleabag. Okay. I found the mother was fantastic. Um, and there was, there was one other character as well. Oh, yeah, so the, 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 the best friend who committed suicide, mm-hmm. I found was fantastic. But I just... I just for me personally, um, I, I found, um, especially Phoebe's character and um, the mother-in-law, I, I found that their, their characters a bit much to swallow. I've heard other people say that. I just want to say one thing, and this is going back to why I like uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She wrote Drifters as well. 
Not all of the episodes, but some of them. Sharp. She wrote Drifters as well on Channel yeah. 4. Yeah, when yeah. they went on the... Oh, stop it. <laughs> stop it. And it, this is this is what I'll, I'll give this to. Like, everything she's written has been completely different in terms of style. And um, for me, because I would never have linked up these these four shows yeah. until, until you, you just explained to me that she, she'd written for all four of them. Yeah, I mean, it seems like everybody loves her because obviously she started off on Channel 4, it seems... Uh, Fleabag is on BBC One and now Fleabag can be seen on Amazon Studios uh, but like what do you think about the writing Stephen like how has it grabbed your attention uh, so it's kind of uh, it's very it's clever the way um, the Fleabag is structured in that you're, you're kind of you're kind of confident in it yeah so I mean so she'll break the fourth wall and sort of take you into her confidence uh, which is you know it, I mean it's a device that a lot of people have used but in Fleabag, they take it a little bit further in the second season. Should we say, I mean, for people listening, should we find out, like, who is Fleabag? Like, what does she do? What does she do? What's Fleabag, her world? Fleabag's, um, she's, she's a woman with an older sister. Older? Younger, older Young. sister. Younger sister. Yeah. So, uh, her sister's older. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So her older sister's, like, a successful businessman with a horrible husband. And she runs a cafe. And the first season, it's kind of like there's a, a best friend character that you see in flashbacks, but you're not quite sure what's happened to her or, or, or where she's gone. Or, or Actually, I think you do learn a bit, but you don't actually find out the full story until the end of the season. And then the second season is more about, I think she's about... It's all about her, the character growing up, I think. Um, I don't know if you agree. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. She's trying to learn from her mistake and trying to better herself and not do what she did in the first series to try and you know grow yeah what boundaries is phoebe pushing in terms of presenting female characters on screen do you think um well i mean it's it's quite i mean i think even in the very first episode her and her sister attend like a a, f a feminist lecture so that's kind of stuck in from the start you can see that there's kind of some more intelligent kind of um treatment of of, of like, being a woman in the 21st century i think and kind of because i mean a lot of the subtext of fleabag is fleabag wondering if she's a good feminist or not okay so <laughs> yeah. is, is it is it, a, is it a series where each female character questions their relationship to feminism or just well i mean it's different because fleabag you're you're always with her because she's always kind of looking at you you you're you're you sharing the action with her and so you feel complicit with her in it, and um, you feel like her mate that you're that she's talking to through it and is explaining it to you as she goes through, and then she'll she'll just give you little looks rather than kind of saying anything, and you know. So this is a bit like Christian yeah. Slater in Cuffs. Well, it's funny you say that because I think the action of talking directly to the camera is kind of breaking new ground because mm -hmm. that's been done before, but it's always been done by men. Think about Michael Caine in Alfie. Yeah, yeah. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm. That's another one. Yeah. Um, what else? The one, the record shop one. Oh, High Fidelity. High Fidelity. There you go with John Cusack, which is a very male film. So it's somehow become a very male device. Alfie's a very male film as well, both yeah. versions. So, Although yeah, Amelie does it. Amelie did it as well. Yeah, there oh, you yeah, go. Very modern true. version. So do you... Did you so <laughs> that's Babette. a terrible film, by the way. <laughs> what? It's absolutely it awful. <laughs> I nearly that's went in a diabetic film. coma from the sweetness of that film. <laughs> It's amazing. Oh, no. It's about dreams, fantasy, and bringing it's things into life. amazingly <laughs> Great. I love that film. But um, so, Babette, did wow, you? We got off to a good start there. <laughs> Actually, it's kind of funny because Babette's obviously a French name as well. But the, um, did you sit? 
did you see any significant differences or changes that Phoebe Waller-Bridge did from doing that talking to camera bit that we didn't get from Alfie and High Fidelity before? Um, well, I generally don't like it when in a film someone talks to camera. As soon as that happened, I usually just switch off and I'm just like, ugh. Because it, to me, a lot of the time they do it and it's almost like they're telling you what they're going to do. And I just find, I find it really annoying when people tell me what's going to happen because the way a film and TV works, you should be able to tell if something's going to happen yeah. or, you know, it's supposed to be suspense or whatever, but like you should be able to read it. I don't want someone to tell me, but the yeah. way Phoebe does it is almost like you're her friend. Yeah. So like she looks at you and you're part of that friendship. And you, so you kind of feel like you're part of her group and like you're just going on this journey with her. And it feels quite personal and quite, it's quite nice. <laughs> So how is this kind of female-led story um, different to, say, something like Chewing Gum? Because that's got Michaela Cole in it. And she did, a, I think, a, a stand-up comedy routine or an Edinburgh theatre routine, which turned into a TV series. Have you seen Chewing Gum at all? Yes, I have, yeah. So what would you say the major differences between watching Chewing Gum and watching Fleabag? Um, oh, I don't know. Like, I think for me, it's... Chewing Gum is quite hyped up. And quite like it's definitely in your face, and like I know, it's like a pseudo reality. Yeah, um, and <coughs> yeah, it's just very intense. Whereas I think Phoebe is more like like the whole flea bag thing. It's more to me, it's more relatable. Like she wants people to find their own flea bag in themselves. So like, kind of relate to little bits here and there maybe not so much to her or maybe not like the characters, but relate to her story because there's everything that she does. There's a bit of it that you're going to relate. Like either it's going to be like the sister relationship, like the, the family relationship. There's something about her that you're going to be like, yeah, I totally get that. Like for me, like in the second series, the hair bit, like if my hair looks great, then I'm going to have a great day. And like, it's just little moments like that, that I think really you kind of like little things that I do day to day she did day to day and I didn't find that with chewing gum I felt like but maybe her background's different I don't know but yeah I just found chewing gum was probably a bit more intense than Fleabag was more I found I related to more little bits in Fleabag than I did in chewing gum I mean you used the word relating and relatable I mean what four words if you can make it spoiler free would you use to make Fleabag related, relatable to you or anyone else that chooses to watch it Ah, uh, four words. Uh, I, th I, th I think it's more like like the like everyday little things. Yeah. You've got one more word. Every, no, she said no, it. Every, the everyday, everyday little things. That's little four things. words. What? It's no, everyday no, one word. Everyday is one word. Everyday little oh, things. Oh, the yeah, everyday. There we go. <laughs> so the everyday it. little things. And, and would you say, because I'm, I'm sure on BBC, they haven't really had like a strong female comedian character since I think since Vicar of Dibley with Dawn French Miranda Miranda oh sorry I mean that one's pretty no, good um, yeah well, I've got a bad memory so maybe Miranda there has there been a, like a long dear god there must have been something better been a, than that I mean you can't really compare it it's, it's not I mean I'm not comparing but Fleabag what, isn't a comedy like Vicar of Dibley or no, but Miranda what I'm saying, Stephen, is well like, Vicar of Dibley isn't a comedy let's <laughs> get that out there but the thing is, but the thing is since <laughs> Vicar of Dibley let's just say Vicar of Dibley or Miranda there hasn't been like a standout female-led, female-written comedy series, has there? Oh, no, I mean, 
Richard Curtis. It's Ab Fab yeah. before after. Ab Fab was ages ago. That was a very Is it was it really ago. long before Broad City. Broad City? Yeah, that's on very BBC. Good. No, that's it's American. Yeah, I'm talking about the BBC though. Oh, just okay. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what I said at the beginning. I mean, um, so Babs, do you think um, this is a new representation of uh, what female characters could be in comedy? Or do you think anyone's um, done this style Yeah, of but I before? still think the BBC struggle with, as much as like Fleabag has been a real good success and people have loved it for many reasons. Like, I think they still struggle because like, didn't Phoebe really struggle to kind of sell Killing Eve to the BBC. British BBC yeah. and therefore had to make it American? Is yeah. it something like that? I mean, I yeah. might have misread it somewhere, but like, like why didn't we, why didn't we get BB, like Killing Eve? Why did it have to go? For, like, why is it? Why is it the American BBC that made Killing Eve? Like, I know there's American actors in there, but it just feels like. Even even though she has quite a strong background and she clearly does amazing things and writes great things, they still are wary to give her anything. Carte blanche. Yeah. yeah, I get the feeling that I don't think the BBC kind of trusted her at that time, and maybe she didn't have the number of credits behind her. But it's mental, I just felt like, like the she did BBC should be going in a new direction, but with her, you know. Yeah, I mean, like I mean, she's. Doing great, but there's plenty of other people, plenty of other females out there that are doing some great stuff. Like I know my friend who works in comedy, she encourages and looks out and seeks out like female writers mm. because there's so many out there. There's, yeah. I mean, I can't remember her name now, but there's Let's the one the that wrote sex education, like a couple of episodes of sex education. She's great. Okay. Sally Wainwright. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of like... <clears throat> good writers out there and I think I'm hoping I think she it's pays... Laurie Nunn is the creator of Sex Education not no, the creator not talking she about, wrote um, yeah yeah she wrote oh, one no, of right, the... yeah. I used to write Sally Wainwright who did Happy Valley okay so do you think I mean for the both of you I mean you you probably watch BBC quite a lot do you think BBC are kind of going one female at a time and no more like they're bottlenecking people are always right. trying to second guess what the BBC are up to and everything it's, it's a complicated <laughs> it's a complicated company it's got so many weird offshoots um, it has so many pressure from the government um, the Tories since 2010 have been trying to control it and, and keep it on their side and it's it, BBC can never do right by anyone it seems and I think we should give them a bit of a break sometimes <laughs> <laughs> says the Doctor Who fan says the Doctor Who fan so, um, I mean, you guys are in a privileged position of watching season one and season two. I'm not sure, mm. Dominic, have you seen yeah, season two? Yeah, I've seen two? all of it, yeah. So, what's the, like, escalation or elevation of, like, story or plot that we see the Fleabag character go through from season one season to season two? Well, season one's more kind of, like, this is Fleabag, this is her life, this is her family, this is, you know, you see her kind of, you know, her um, not brilliant um, relationships with men. How they go on? There's the guy with the teeth. There's <laughs> the thing, the guy that he attacks, she attacks in the shower. <laughs> and, um, whereas in the second season, she actually, it's about her falling in love with someone, but someone unattainable. So then I she think... has to deal with that and kind of grow through that. And she falls in love with a vicar 
So the guy with the teeth, I think, is that Ben Aldridge. He's like the arsehole yeah, guy. Yeah. And um, the priest is uh, Andrew, Andrew Scott. Scott, who's yeah. previously been... Moriarty. Moriarty in uh, the BBC Bond show. Sexy priest. Yeah, so he's previously been uh, the BBC Sherlock Holmes Moriarty and the Bond villain in which one? Was it? The last Spectre. one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, and Olivia Coleman's in it, and that's an Oscar winning She, she plays his step, her stepmother. Going wow. back to Malachi's point, I really like her as the stepmother. I mean, she is like <laughs> a pantomime <laughs> villain. She is terrible. Yeah. I'm, I'm being really controversial today. I'm just one way or another. Sorry, so, who plays the stepmother? Uh, Olivia, Olivia Coleman. Coleman. Olivia Coleman. Coleman. Okay. So, Babs, when someone did point out that um, they didn't find... It was stepmother or anybody relatable? Or, yeah, um, well, yeah. likable. Like, not not, not yes. relatable, but likable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your response to that? Um, well, I was um, thinking again. It's like you don't so much have to sort of like the characters, but like you said, the writing is so good that there's certain bits that you're kind of like, yeah, I, I totally get that, and I would totally be on that. So, like, did you? So you didn't like the characters, but did you relate to some of the scenarios, to some of the things happening? Um. <clears throat> I'd, and that, that's another thing. I, 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 I didn't. No, no, I didn't find it relatable. Like, um, I, I read somewhere that someone said that with, with Fleabag, as good as the writing is, is at the end of the day, because they are such middle class um, characters, they, they're going to be fine, essentially, in, in that, that um, they will always have the dad with the big house. And if they really need it, um, if she really needed it, he'll be able to bail her out in her shop. So, and which for me again, um, yeah, I, I couldn't really relate to that. Not taking anything away from the writing. I, I, I found those characters true to life. I just didn't find them <laughs> particularly likable. So, um, but I don't know, maybe that was the, the aesthetic she was going for. Yeah. Did you like Fleabag? I liked Fleabag. Yes, like I said, like the the, the um, I, I liked the. But then again, even even the the dudes in it. I, I, my favorite character was probably the priest. <laughs> I really liked the priest. The priest yeah. yeah. Do you not think he kind of, you know, had his cake out it? <laughs> yeah, it was spoiler. <laughs> yeah, that was that was so frustrating for me as well. Um, I I liked the priest because. Um, yeah, I found I was most relatable to the priest. I'm Catholic, and I went to church every every Sunday, and I did the altar boy stuff. So I found that really relatable. Um, I, did you have a crush on the vicar as well? A crush on the what? He, he was very charismatic. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was very charismatic. That priest. I'm not. Gonna... <laughs> Is that I, a think, plot? I think what you were saying before that about <clears throat> middle class people. I mean, I'm working class, but yeah. middle class people they also get ill. They also lose people that are dear to them. They also Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I they, get they that. Have terrible I get, no, things that happen. No, in their I definitely lives. get that. But um, I think the essential part of that article that uh, wrote that yeah. was that essentially because she, she's middle class, she's insulated from um, really um, hitting rock bottom. If that if that makes sense. Okay. Phoebe okay. Waller-Bridge. I think I'm going to say like my tenth controversial thing of today. <laughs> I don't get people complaining that it's middle class, and then no. in the next breath they praise the wire. I mean, when have you been a drug dealer in Baltimore? Surely yeah, Fleabag is closer to your lived experience than The Wire. Or yeah, because the thing is... It let's is, throw this out there, Breaking Bad. But the thing is, is it doesn't Fleabag represent the type of woman that you could perhaps meet in a dating circle and what's going on in the modern dating world in terms of 
most people are not settling down in a let's say comfortable way and getting married like most people are shying away from the 2.4 children because they may have been in a family where the relationship hasn't worked out and they've had so much experience that the kind of casually seeing people is the pinnacle of being in a relationship for them i feel like Flea, like the way phoebe wrote fleabag i think she wanted everybody to kind of find their own flea bag within themselves mm. and sort of men and women yeah men and women everyone just to kind of see to see like that maybe life isn't perfect and like shit happens and you know you need to find your way forward but like i think yeah like everyone's got that bit of flea bag in them mm. and like it might not be obvious straight away and it might not be the obvious, oh, I'm not middle, you know, like, but yeah. it's like the little things <coughs> yeah. that you might kind of relate to and, or might not even relate to, but like just finding your own little flea bag within yourself. And I think that's what, to me, flea bag feels like. Yeah, because I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, okay, the first couple episodes is kind of like her dating habits, sexual habits are like a big part of her life. And then after that, it appears to be, okay, maybe... Uh, we're getting to kind of see this is a person who realises that she's got angst issues with her, one of her parents, and she's got to address that at some point and face that head on. She's got this entrepreneurial gift that's kind of, she's put on the back burner, which she kind of needs to kind of rejuvenate and get herself motivated to do. And then she's also addressing like long held issues with her, uh, is it a stepsister or an actual sister? Or older her sister. sister, her actual yeah. sister. So I think there's a bit of a rivalry going on between her sister. And I think... It's not just like a simple, clear-cut, oh, she's just a woman who's shagging around and not committing to a relationship. There's like very complex she's issues to, she's addressing. Yeah, she's trying to find herself. And I think everyone can relate to that, to try and find who you are and where mm. you belong in society. Mm. And like in the second series, she feels like she has found it, maybe, but then sort of, it's you know. Like new problems. Find, yeah, find someone that she sort of, falls in love with but then is unattainable so it's kind of like she hasn't really found like even at the end like the whole point of the camera not following her is like you know mm. you're almost the camera is almost like following her to try and like see you know her path to try and find her way or find a solution or make her like you know find out how she's going to grow or whatever so that's what you're there for you're watching her going through this journey and then at the end when she turns around and she doesn't let you follow that's her being like no I need to find my own way I need to mm. you know she almost lets you in as a kind of you can help me out find my way but actually you're not helping at the end and you sort of let her go so this isn't really this isn't just about um nailing as was not the right word for <laughs> identifying the best way to represent um female characters is the best way to kind of represent maybe millennials would that be fair to say that? Is she be old for being a millennial? Yeah, no, she's, she's a millennial. Is she? She's, yeah, she's definitely Because she's in her 30s, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she's 33. Hmm. Does that make you a millennium? Like, yeah, yeah, it does. Okay. Did you say millennium? Mm. I can't say millennium. That's cool. I feel like my words all the time. <laughs> so um, just going around the room, um, who would, what type of person would you recommend watches this show? Dominic. Given the very wide fan base of the show, almost everyone, I mean, it's the one show in the last year that I've heard literally everyone talking about. My mum's seen it. Um, yeah, everyone. Um, ditto. 
Were you recommended the show or did you find it for you, find out about it yourself? Well, to be fair, I did watch Killing Eve before watching Fleabag. I thought, oh, if, if yeah. it's the same writer, let me let me give it a, a whirl. Yeah. And um I don't know, I, I feel like I've really just shitted on <laughs> Fleabag this whole episode. And that like is it. not the that was we're not my send, intention. We're gonna send this audio to yeah, this is not my Twitter feed. <laughs> yeah, this is so not she my knows. It's not my intention. I was just saying that I just some characters are not likable. No, but you can't take away from the writing. The writing yeah. is brilliant. Uh, actually, one thing I want to jump in on as well. Where did you actually watch it, Dominic? Did you watch BBC it on BBC iPlayer? iPlayer. And where did you watch it? Yeah, I'm not watching that. Yeah, I'm not watching that when it's broadcast on BBC. You watch it you watch it on iPlayer as yeah. well? Yeah. Okay. And what about you, Stephen? Where do you watch it? iPlayer. Okay. And who would you recommend it to? Who I um, I don't know anyone who's kind of interested in kind of um intelligent drama or comedy drama. Um there's a very there's a great bit. I mean, uh, this is a slight bit of a spoiler, but there's an amazing part in a uh, series 2 where um the priest played by Andrew Scott notices her talking and um, breaking the fourth wall and doesn't know what she's doing and it kind of and it gets you because you you know you're you're implicated with her because she's the one who's finding in you and suddenly there's a guy intruding in our relationship and and you as part of the viewer that's cool that's very clever that's very intimate yeah yeah yeah. do you you think they they did that because he's a man of god and he's used to speaking to (laughs) god by himself (laughs) i never thought about that so he's used to looking off into the distance that is a clever idea i did like the random like things happening when like she bad mouth like any sort of anything about religion or like something like happened dramatically in the background that was great yeah so babs where do you watch um have you been nicking it off the internet or do you watch it on iplayer as well uh iplayer bbc iplayer and did you know about this show before was it recommended to you yeah i knew so i know so my friend goes out with the makeup artist yeah fleabag so i knew it was about and sure and she mostly being big on the whole female writers was sort of told us to watch it. Actually going back, because you said you worked as an extra, I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Um, so were you like rooting for this to kind of go into production? Oh from yeah, what definitely. You saw? Yeah, okay. definitely. And like, we didn't, I don't think we really knew. And I think my friend did say it was going somewhere. And then obviously it came on channel four and we watched it. So what well, I watched it and loved it. And have you recommended the show to anyone else? What crashing? Uh, Fleabag. Oh, Fleabag. Um, Well, it's kind of hard because everybody's watched it. So, like, it's just a case of you talk about it and then you just, you end up talking about the show because everyone's watched it. Okay. Well, thank you for uh, giving us your insight, uh, Babette. And thank you as well, Stephen. Thank you, Malachi. Thank you, Dominic. Uh, We're going to have to land the plane on Fleabag now. Um, It seems like this is a highly recommended show that's worth watching uh, on iPlay if anyone hasn't seen it before. So um, that's the end of our Review Sweat episode. So thanks for coming along, Babette. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. No worries. And Malachi. Ciao. And thank you again, Dominic. Bye. Uh, We've been commandeered at the helm of the sound engineering episode by Giovanni. Bye. And I've been your co-host and uh, easy listener to find out what's the good reason to watch feedback. 
we invite you to subscribe as well. Geek Sweat is available on Castbox FM and you can download the app to listen to us. If you want to support the podcast by generating an interview question, being a guest or simply becoming a sponsor, please feel free to email film at instigateonline.com. This podcast thrives on listeners, so thank you for sharing your ears to show you we care. We watch films to save you hassle.